the voice of voices. Welcome to the Voice of Voices with Des and Penny. Des, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you, Penny. Hello, everybody. I hope you're keeping warm. I am. It has been freezing. I hope you are warm as well. I am. I'm sitting in my sleeping bag at my desk here. Unfortunately, we we were so lucky being able to do this podcast person on person in real life. But now with this wave, we've had to distance ourselves again. It's very crazy. I think all of us thought that we would be rid of COVID by now, but we are still here. So once again, it's still very important for each of us to follow each and every COVID regulation at work, at home. We are still very much in the midst of a pandemic. This month, I spoke to Navanya Naidu from Healthcare. Now, Navanya and I had a very interesting conversation with mm-hmm. her, all about depression and mental health and mm-hmm. suicide and those things that aren't very nice to talk about but are incredibly important at the same time. It just is an incredible thing that we need to talk about all the time. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you and Ivania went into detail talking about suicide and depression and sort of the signs that we can watch out for in the workplace and at home and just sort of how to assist when we see that somebody that we know is suffering and needs help. That's absolutely right. So let's go into it. Hello listeners. So today I'm sitting down with Navanya Naidu from Workforce Healthcare. She's the Executive Director of Wellness. So really she is the perfect person to talk to about a very big subject, which is mental illness. So Navanya, I think myself and the vast majority of listeners can all name someone close to us who has had to fight mental illness, depression, bipolarism, eating disorders, lots and lots more. But I'm equally certain that just as many of us are actually quite clueless when it comes to understanding what the reality of living with mental illness actually is. So thank you very much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. And let's explore this topic. Let's define mental illness. Can you give us a brief summary? So mental illness is very similar to any other illness that one would experience. I think, you know, we often think of all oh, mental conditions, mental illness, you have to be put up in an institution, um, you know, locked up or exhibiting crazy behavior for lack of a better word. And that's totally untrue. I mean, mental conditions can be anything from depression, um, both severe to just feeling sad all the time. It could be things relating to mood disorders, bipolar, which are easily, um, you know, treated with medication, for example. And I think, you know, similar to how you would have a cardiovascular illness, you would have a mental illness. There's no reason for it to have a different stigma or or discrimination related to it. That's such a wonderful way of looking at it. Thank you. With that in mind, how common is mental illness with South Africans? Well, so like I said, people often think that mental illness is not that common because you expect people to be institutionalized. But that's not true. There are millions and millions of South Africans living with mental illness on a daily basis, and they've just learned how to cope with it. Sadly, in South Africa, approximately 9.8% of the adult population suffers from some or other debilitating mental illness, um, mostly depression. And of that 9.8%, only 25% seek treatment. Now, in South Africa, there's a variety of reasons for that. One of them being the lack of good treatment or the ability to get good treatment. So it's so important to reach out to resources and to be aware of signs and symptoms of someone with mental conditions so you can assist them. 
A mental illness that a lot of us are aware of is depression and obviously the worst case scenario with depression is when it ends in suicide. How common is suicide in South Africa? So this is a, it's, it's a very frightening stat on a global basis. So um, on a global, uh, if you look at it on a global basis, every 40 seconds someone commits suicide. 40 seconds. Let that sink in. In South Africa, there are 20 suicides a day. And for every suicide, as in completed suicide, there's another 20 attempted suicides. Now, if you think about that, you know, it's, it's so frightening. So it's extremely common right now. Well, not right now, always in South Africa. But together with COVID, it's just been, become so much worse. You've got people who are now struggling with severe depression. They're stuck alone at home. They're lonely. They don't know where to go for assistance. You've got people who are stuck at home with abusers. They don't know where to go for help. They feel like they're stuck in a situation they cannot get out of. Specifically, a lot of organizations have had to go through retrenchments or um, even temporary retrenchments. So people are sitting in financial situations that they see no way out of. So all of this has exacerbated the situation. And also what you find is that men are five times more likely to commit suicide than women, particularly in South Africa, but also on a global basis. And the sadder part is that when reaching out for help, you find that women reach out more than men do. And I've seen that in our Workforce Healthcare Call Center. The demographic is always towards females as opposed to males. And it's across the board. If you look at SADAC, South African Depression and Anxiety Group, also they'll tell you that it's mostly females that reach out. So this is again where the culture comes back and the education comes back to try and reduce those numbers. Do you think that's just a cultural thing of men have to be manly and suck it up? 100%. And that's the problem. When we are teaching our sons, we need to teach them that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have emotions. Absolutely. And to deal with them. So how can we help? What are some signs that we can look out for in case somebody close to us is feeling suicidal? So a sudden change in personality and behavior, um, you'll often see that the person starts to withdraw. So even in a social gathering, they'd be sitting off in the corner by themselves, not really engaging. Um, you'll find that they have a sense of helplessness and hopelessness, a sense of what we call a foreshortened future. So when you talk to them about next year, they're like, mm, yeah, it's too far, I can't think about that. You know, so, so they can't think beyond this. They don't know if they'll be around next year. Um, there's also the sense that you find that they start to give away things, uh, personal items that are important to them. Um, you also find that they talk about it and much, you know, contrary to what people believe, it's not attention seeking. If they're talking about it, they're thinking about it and it's something that you have to take seriously. Also, you find that they have sleeping problems, so they're not sleeping well or they're sleeping too much, which we know is also characteristic of depression. Severe sadness, moodiness, um, they tend to snap at their family members, that type of thing as well. So lots and lots of changes in behavior also changes in appearance so they start to look a little bit more disheveled not taking care of themselves that type of thing so these are all surefire ways of noticing if someone is not coping it's important to remember that when someone threatens or talks about suicide they're opening up to you because yes they do want help but they also don't want to be judged so it's critical to not judge a person when you do see that they're talking about it what would be the step then? How would you talk to somebody about it? So give them the space that they need. Allow them to talk, allow them to vent, but also know your limitations. If you're not a counsellor, you cannot be counselling them. You could do more damage than good. 
do not judge under any circumstances. Do not judge their behavior. Don't say to them, oh, things could be worse or it'll get better. In their mind right now, it cannot get better. Encourage them to go step by step. So don't think about next week. Think about getting through today. How do we get through today step by step to get to the next, uh, you know, to where you need to be? Give them help from a professional. And if that means driving them to a hospital even, you know, those are the practical steps that people sometimes need. They know they need help, but they don't have the energy or the efforts to actually go and get the help. Empathize with them, and that's very different from sympathizing with them. So remember to put yourself into their shoes. So if you are sitting there and they're talking about the fact that their relationship is just broken down completely with their spouse and they're going for a divorce and that's why they want to commit suicide. You may be a strong person who can handle a divorce, but to them, that is the end of the world right now. So put yourself into their shoes and encourage them to seek assistance, to talk and tell them that, you know, there's people that care about them. You particularly for sitting there, you care about them and you'd rather be there sitting and listening to them than losing them at any point. Wonderful advice. Thank you. <laughs> so what, apart from healthcare, if they have access to the EWP, what are some of the other places somebody with severe depression or a mental illness or suicidal thoughts, where can they go? Okay, so depending on uh, whether you have an or you're in an organization with an employee wellness program, that's a very good first step because there's no cost. If you have medical aid, you can go to a hospital, but then there you would need to be assessed by a psychiatrist, etc. And it can be quite costly. You can also reach out to places such as the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, Lifeline, all of which are there 24-7 to be able to assist. Um, I read somewhere that from January 2020 up until the end of last year, um, SADAG received 55,000 calls just last year. So, I mean, that's incredible. And if I look at our call center, it's exactly the same, you know, with a peak during the worst waves of COVID as well. So reach out to people. There's also places that you can go, rehabilitation facilities, like an Akiso clinic, etc. Obviously, those are for people who have a medical aid and need a full time out. So sometimes dealing with the situation at home isn't going to help. You need to be admitted into a place where you feel safe and where there are people that know what they're doing to help and assist you as well. So Nathania, a lot of, like you, you've touched on all of this in the workplace, but what about our children? Are our children also at risk at this? Absolutely. So I find that things have gotten a lot worse. We've all seen the in the media about the bullying that's happening at schools right now. Young children from the age of nine, eight even, that are committing suicide because they don't know where to go and they don't know who to talk to. Incredibly important that your children know they can come to you for assistance. Also, children don't see a way of getting out of a situation. I'll never forget when I was in school, there was a young little boy who was in grade what was it, grade eight at the time, and he was driving his dad's car and he got a speeding fine and he committed suicide. It was a hundred rand fine, but he didn't know how to tell his father. So as parents, we need to make sure that our children understand that there's no situation that is too big to be spoken to us about. They will never get in that much trouble that they have to resort to suicide. Particularly important, those that are writing matric. Your life does not end if you do not make it in your matric finals. Yes, you need to try your level best, but there are other options. Suicide should not be an option for you. There are many different ways to look at it. There we go, Penny. So what did you think of that? That was very interesting, especially just going into how men especially address just because of how we're raised and socialized. And we know that many of us 
grow grew up and some people are still growing up in an environment where boys are told not to cry they're told not to express themselves and they grow up and now they are men and they're still struggling with these things and are unlikely to to ask for help because of that socialization so it's very important to break that stigma it's very important for all of us to expand our minds and realize that is a very important subject and that all of us need some assistance when it comes to keeping ourselves healthy mentally. So then next, Penny, I, on a very different topic, mm-hmm. I spoke to the wonderful Zanele Kadini, mm-hmm. who is not a policeman. She is not an FBI agent, as she <laughs> told me repeatedly. She is a group risk and internal audit officer. Mm-hmm. So, like she explained, she's more of a doctor than anything. And she mm. told me all about whistleblowing mm. and risk and what it is to her business and how close to home it really is. So, here you go. Okay, I joined the workforce group in January 2020, which was last year, just before the lockdown was announced. That's 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 a very <laughs> tricky time to join, my word. Yes, yes, it was. So I am the group risk internal auditor, and I am responsible for performing risk assessments and risk-based audits, which include checking if your internal controls have been designed appropriately and operating effectively. So in summary, I make sure that management and all staff work hard and smart to achieve uh, the group's goals and objectives. Um, As auditors, we have so many nicknames, watchdog, FBI, or police. (laughs) People who are always waiting for something to go wrong, which is not the case. Mm -hmm. I always uh, share with people that the profession of internal audit is similar to that of a medical doctor or a nurse. Think about it. Doctors help you when you're not feeling well, right? Same with auditors. We assist those organizations struggling to get their operations right. We assess them to find out what the problem is. Like doctors when they evaluate you when you're sick. And we provide recommendations to improve your controls and your processes. Like doctors when they give you medication so you can feel better. So Zanede, like you said, you're in charge of risk. What kind of risk do we face on a daily basis at Workforce that staff like myself just aren't aware of? Remember, risk is defined as anything that may go wrong, leading to you losing something. So I think as individuals, we all have goals we wish to achieve. It can be short-term or long-term. Even with organizations, there are short-term and long-term goals. So anything that may stop you from achieving that goal is a risk. So um, I think we face a lot of risks on a daily. For example, when you leave your house, going to work or going to the mall, you have your car parked outside. It can get stolen or broken into. Even with the current work from home situation, I can think about a lot of risks that we may face, like productivity. You may not be able to achieve what you have set out to do in a day. That's another risk. Okay, so working from home, just brought about all these new risks that you guys had to deal with. Yes, yes, a lot. And I'm also uh, here thinking about those with mental health uh, issues, like your depression and isolation. You know, a lot of people have been going through a lot. So the risk that you're talking about deals from everything from a stolen laptop, maybe, to 
to, like you said, psychological risk problems yes. and all sorts. And wow. also, do you know uh, the most common one? No. <laughs> it has Wait, can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, the most common. Guess? Yeah, the most common. Yeah. Um, children. Are children like getting sick and that kind of stuff? Is that one of the biggest risks? But then there's also measures you can take to mitigate that risk. Like in order for you maybe to prevent your child from getting sick, you can get flu shots or keep them warm during winter. Yes. So that's how you can, you know, respond to the risk. Interesting. I'm sure winter would be the worst time because that's when everybody's children just get sick. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And my, my husband is a teacher and he's around children all day and that man gets sick all the time. <laughs> Oh, and I, I, I also wanted to tell you about identity theft. Oh, yes. It's very common because I think now we are really in danger because we share our personal information a lot, especially on social media. So it's very yes. simple for someone to access the information. Yeah. I mean, how many accounts have been opened fraudulently with uh, ID numbers belonging to other people? Oh, plenty. I mean, you hear yeah. about this all the time where there is a risk, you are able to take measures to, to manage it. Because I know yeah. that um, we all get emails from IT all the time warning us about somebody's yeah. email that's been fished, and hopefully yeah. by now we've all learned not to click on <laughs> links that look <laughs> dodgy. Yeah, talking about that, you know, um, there's a training available. I, I don't know if you did it, the cybersecurity training? Yes! Yeah. We, that was we, very informative, eh? Very, and I know we're all supposed to do that. It's on the training hub. Now, another kind of risk is associated with whistleblowers. Can you please explain to us what whistleblowers is and what kind of risk that mitigates? Um, you know, whistleblowing is often labeled as snitching, betraying someone, uh, which is not true. Uh, in simple terms, a whistleblowing is when an employee voices out and reports any wrongdoing by another employee. By wrongdoing, I'm referring to those activities in the workplace which are not in line with the group's code of conduct. It's available on the HR Hub. It says what the company stands for and what it doesn't stand for and what is expected from employees. So I think we have a, a total of seven values, being accountability, your, your ethics, your honesty. Uh, there are principles and values employees need to live by in the workplace. And yes. any violation of those principles is considered as wrongdoing. So when you blow the whistle, you make management aware of your concerns, of any non-compliance. In the um, soccer game, Desi, yeah. there is a referee who blows the whistle when soccer rules are not followed. Except with our whistle blowing, when you blow the whistle, it can be anonymous, hey? Yes, it is 100% anonymous because so, uh, the whistleblower is protected at all times. And we also have the Protected Disclosures Act in South Africa, which provides strong protection for employees who raise concerns about any wrongdoing. Even somebody superior to you or a manager, there's no risk to you losing your job or getting in trouble because you can report this anonymously and help yes. the company without yes. fear for your own career. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are protected at all times. Your identity is not known. So concerns might be mm, you think somebody is doing something a little bit shady with a deal or they're skipping certain steps and that kind of thing? 
Yes, um, I think any non-compliance to policy, I, I mean, we are aware of our policies. We are aware of the code of conduct and ethics, how we should be behaving. For example, corruption, uh, discrimination, even harassment. Oh, like um, sexual harassment or anything like that, if somebody's making you uncomfortable. And you know what? They can also report internally. Yes, you can report to the Internal Audit Division, to the head of group risk and Internal Audit, Mr. Kelvin. Or you can also get in touch with myself just to find out what platforms are available. So, Zanella, you said that people can report internally and to either Kelvin or yourself. Is that correct? All right, so um, I'll just quickly give our listeners, it's Calvin Muir, and his mm-hmm. email address is calvinm at workforce.coza, and you are zanele.cabini at workforce.coza. So Zanele, apart from r- reporting internally and to whistleblowers, uh, can you explain the different platforms that people can use to report anonymously to whistleblowers? Externally, employees can get in touch with the whistleblowers uh, hotline where whistleblowers' identities are protected at all times. So the hotline has multiple reporting channels. You can call the hotline on the toll-free number, which is available 24 hours a day in 16 languages. That's 16, so that's all the languages plus some. Yeah, plus Portuguese. So you can uh, also download the app. Are you aware of this, Daisy? That there's no. an app available. I didn't know there was an app. It's I gather it's for free. So the app is available on the App Store, either Google Play or your Apple App Store. We, we'll share this info in our podcast notes for our listeners as well with links. So you guys yes. can go and follow those links easily. I'll get yes. that info yes. from Zanele. And then you can also submit a report on the website. And then there's also WhatsApp available. Oh you can gosh. also email your report, send a letter, you can send a fax. So I just encourage all employees to obtain more details uh, on HR Hub or they can get in touch with myself. So I know this is probably a cheeky question, but can you give us some examples of past, obviously anonymously, of some past calls that you've received from the, the whistleblowers helpline? Phew. <laughs> Um, there are many, you know, activities which have been reported in the past, you know, where employees are not following company rules. But the most common ones that I can think of that I have come across would be uh, taking bribes, for example, for personal favors, you know, favors yes. which will benefit the other individual, maybe promising them a job or a service provider getting a big contract or a tender. Those are very common. Yeah. That's naughty. Or, uh, <laughs> or stealing funds from the company. Yeah. Uh, for example, submitting fake invoices, submitting uh, fake uh, bank accounts, incorrect bank accounts, yeah. where the money can be deposited into that. And also, they're still lying about your qualifications, oh. um, your work experience on your CV. You know, many mm. people lie on CV. <laughs> oh, of course they do. I mean... <laughs> They want to get the job, right? (laughs) They want to get the job, so they're going to lie. They don't care that they're unqualified. Yeah, Yeah, they want to get the job. So also, uh, I've also been exposed to that. And also providing your employer with uh, incorrect timesheets. You are billing them more hours so that you can get more money. Yeah, anything uh, related to falsifying uh, details, deceiving the, the entity. 
you know, the problem with these cases is that one person might win, but they're just hurting the entire company. So it's affecting your income, my income, like our job stability, everything. Exactly. And and also think about the reputation of the company. Uh, and we <laughs> rely on our reputation. It's what yes. gets us through the month, man. Yes. Yeah. So the actions you know, of one individual can like blow up. Dude. And also, <laughs> and also yeah. people need to know that there are consequences to those actions. People have been suspended, uh, they lost their jobs, and some even served jail time. Because they took the fraud so far, it became a crime. Yes. It, it's very <laughs> important for, for us to live by our values, not forget where we come from, and also uphold those principles. We need to be honest in all the work that we do. So there we go, Penny. That was Zanelli. And as you can see, very much more a doctor, not a watchdog. <laughs> and doing the very important job of trying to eliminate as much risk in our company as possible. Mm-hmm. Whistle blowing is very important. And as mentioned by Zanelli Endes, it is anonymous. You that's can right. do it anonymously. And that's very important to keep us all um, on track. And I'm going to include in our show notes for this podcast, Zanelli's email address, Calvin's email address, and all the whistleblown details that you need. All right, then, Penny, you had a very special assignment for Youth Day. Tell me what you got up to. Yes, so as we all know, June is Youth Month, and the 16th of June is Youth Day. So I spoke to a young person from Workforce Healthcare. We had a very interesting conversation with Sianda Mbense. We spoke everything Youth Day. He was very informative, and it was just so lovely to see how Workforce as a holdings company um, also impacts the youth and how some of our solutions and learnerships and programs actually help um, sort of bridging some of the gaps that we have in terms of education and unemployment and skills and so on. It was a very interesting chat. My name is Sia. Um, I work for Workforce Healthcare. I work as an accountant. Great stuff. So I wanted to find out what, in your opinion, is the significance of Youth Day? Thank you, Penny. Um, I think Youth Day, most importantly, uh, it is to honor the youth of, of 1976. So June 16, 1976, which is also known as the, the Soweto Youth Uprising, the youth of Orlando West and surrounding areas protested the use of Africans as the medium of instruction in, in our local schools. The use of Africans as a, as a medium of instruction presented the the learning of content more difficult and resulted in, in black students having to learn the language more than the content itself. I can say this course really contributed significantly to the education and development of black South African population. So post-1976, South Africans have reached um, educational related milestones that they could have not reached have they been forced to, to be taught in, in Africans. That is very well put and very informative, Sia. Thank you. And what, in your opinion, is the role of the youth? So I think the the youth uh, age group in South Africa is the most active and high in terms of the the population density. The role would be to to participate in the economic activities of the country. So this could be in the form of attaining skills 
to participate in the South African job market, um, skills to start up businesses and create more job opportunities that will grow our economy. And additionally, I believe that our youth have an, an influence over the future of, of our country from a social, political and economic point of view. So the youth has an, an ability to shape the current and the future growth of, of the country. So as a, just like the youth of 1976. So I think the most important role of us as youth is leaving a mark that the next generation can live up to and learn from. We should be known as a generation that, uh, that took advantage of the opportunities that, that came from the post-apartheid era. So, Sia, with that, and um, we've been told a lot of this, as you know, our, our unemployment rate is high. Yeah. There are many graduates also who are unemployed and there's a section of the youth that is not even looking for work anymore. Would you say that as the youth of South Africa and with all of these advancements that have been made since 1976, do we in practicality have the resources that we need to reach the potential that we have? The thing is most of, our, of the resources of our country are structured such that you need to have been exposed to a full educational system. So the completion of, of the educational system gives one a, a higher chance of accessing some of these resources. So obviously, depending on, on where you come from, the educational system may, may or, or, or may not work for you. <laughs> so certainly, most of our educational system is, is dependent on, on our government, which is, which is not fully reliable to ensure that um, it, is, it is functioning well. I can say this is in terms of infrastructure, learning resources, quality education, which in most instances has, has not been great in improving. So the the dire quality of, of the education system is, is apparent. I think outside the education system, the government and, and private sector have, have initiatives that exist to equip the youth. Um, such initiatives include YES. Um, YES is the Youth Employment Scheme. We also have NYDA, which is ideally designed to sponsor the youth business startups or maybe develop their existing businesses. And we also have IDC, which also plays a similar role as the NYDA. We are also fortunate, you and I, to work for a holdings company that has a variety of learnerships that are available for yeah. the youth. Um, yes. What opportunities have helped you in your journey to reach where you are as a young person in SA? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned we work for uh, a holdings company that gives opportunities to to the youth of the country. So um, I'm one of the of the youth that was given opportunities by the workforce holdings. So I also um, grab an opportunity to gain skills through an internship, and uh, yeah, I worked really hard. I'm still with the same company, which is Workforce Healthcare. So I also started to, in fact, it was not even an internship. It was a learnership mm. that I joined in 2017. But when I came inside healthcare, I was like, okay, listen, I came here through a learnership, but I actually started finance. I have mm. this qualification and then worked hard, grabbed every opportunity. And yeah, it's worked for me. I'm still here. I think that's a very important lesson that sometimes we need to redirect to yes. land to where we 
um, want to be, because like we mentioned earlier, that there are many graduates who can't find employment in the fields that they studied for, but through learnerships like the one that you went through, you mm, could actually yes. end up in an environment where you can um, eventually do the job that you studied for. So with all of that said, um, Sia, what are some of the resources you wish young people where you come from, from your hood, from your neck of the woods, <laughs> um, yes. had? It is no secret that uh, resources, so most of these resources will, ha will have to link them to education. So mm -hmm. I can say I wish most of the youth, especially where I come from, funding to further their studies, but more people who are at home because they do not have um, registration fees. I wish that youth from uh, where I come from and everywhere in the country can have access to library facilities and maybe laptops, provisions for their studies. And also I think um, they must start actually using computer equipment from very low grades and from like primary schools so that by the time they go to university, they are familiar with all the, the resources that they need to use there. And also we need practical skills in, form, in, in, in the form of learnerships. We need opportunities outside, outside of education as well, because not everyone wants to, to get that degree. So I believe everyone must have an equal opportunity to, to also participate in those things. Some people have talent like designing, singing, maybe construction and all those things. So yeah, I think the youth must equally get exposure to all the, the opportunities. What advice would you give to young people? If let's imagine you have many young people listening to you right now, what would you tell them? I can say grip every opportunity that is presented to you. Take it by the horns and excel at it. Find your passion, find what makes you tick <laughs> and make a career or a living out of it. And when you 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 have made it, do not forget where you 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 come from and what brought you this far. Thank you so much to Sianda for joining us and talking to us. And I hope you are all inspired by his encouraging words and his story. So our journeys are not always straightforward, school, job. There are so many details, but they are all very important and they can get you to where you're going. I love that interview. Thank you, Penny. It's just so nice to hear of a success story. Mm. Somebody who works so hard and and got what they were after in the end is very yeah. inspiring thank you well that is it for oh wait edition. i have something i have some exciting news to share with you penny i forgot oh, yeah i heard from chris siaga remember our wonderful mm, chris from our first our episode yeah. tell, tell everybody what chris was famous for so chris is the dude who found the baby under a bridge that's he right is our resident hero that's right and chris got hold of me Mm. Amazing news. Yeah. The baby was adopted. Yay! Yay! I love a happy ending. Isn't that great? It's such a happy ending. And yeah. then, in the spirit of youth, Chris also mm. shared with me a an amazing song that he worked on with some friends and they produced in a proper studio. Mm. And, you know, Chris is also part of our, our groups, group of youths. Mm. He is the future. And I thought that for the end of today's podcast, we mm. could end off with Chris's original production. That sounds amazing. He is clearly very multi-talented. I am here for Chris. 
All righty then, um, here we go, closing out with Chris. Cheers, Penny, we'll chat next time. I'll open up my mind, you can never peek inside. Life ain't easy, people think it's paradise. So your left, to your right, people planning your demise. Wouldn't even see it coming straight to your eyes. Love ain't easy nowadays, it's just lust. Oh, everywhere I look, there is no one left to trust. Love is dying, I can see it turn to dust It's not what it used to be like back in the past Even going steady doesn't even really matter People are together only for that sexual pleasure They don't understand about life's greatest treasure Forever being together and hearts being tethered I see lies, hate, I see it in the street That is why I seek all these beautiful beats Writing and reciting this glorious masterpiece My words touch your soul, it'll make you feel at peace Oh, every waking day is a battle with life It's no walk in the park, it's not a paradise It's hard to survive, man, I'm feeling so deprived I pray to God for he makes me feel alive So I open up my heart so that he can come inside Life ain't easy, people think it's paradise To your left, to your right, people planning your demise You wouldn't even see it coming straight to your eyes I'll open up my mind, you can never peek inside Life ain't easy, people think She loves herself a skater I'm rolling down the street I say to her I'll see you later She's taking drastic measures Trying to mix business with pleasure But to me it's all the same So I ain't feeling no pressure I'll open up my mind You can have a peek inside If you promise not to hide This stuff could just make you blind And despise the quality of my soul Cause you know the difficulty of my occupancy You're a drone, you're a slave Obeying the rules of the new age It's time for change It's time to show the world I got Strange powers You see me skate for hours I got the style and the ease I see people who have ceased to exist See through the mist Open up your mind, I insist Cause your ignorance is bliss And you wanna use a fist But you gotta understand That you gotta be a man If you just open up your mind You can have a peek inside Life ain't easy, people think it's paradise To your left, to your right People planning your demise You wouldn't even see it coming straight to your eyes I'll open up my mind You can never peek inside Life ain't easy People 